Well, good morning. It seems uh, I've fallen on a couple of little things that could use some explanation. So today I thought I'd just go over casino practice. Now, why casino practice? Uh, Fire Casino is a book that's being shared widely. Uh, I've realized that most people don't read the sutras. And in fact, I was listening to a book and he mentioned about the Visuddhimagga. And then he mentioned the difficult to get uh, Vimudimaga. I'm sorry, they're both very easy to get. And are honestly not that difficult to read. Hmm. And if you go and read the casinas and you understand the jhanas and you understand what it's teaching, you don't get the idea that the vast majority of people understand. So, without further ado, what is casino practice from the Visuddhimagga and the Vimudimagga? Ugh. I'm a little wild this morning. Apologies for any mispronunciation. Uh, if you need uh, access to these, they're really not hard to find. Maga just means the way of, just like the Eightfold Path, right? Maga. So I've explained this before, but I thought I would make it as, as simple as possible. What is casino practice? And I wrote something out. It's not like me to write something out. I know because, hey, um, I'm a great talker, but I have a very difficult time expressing myself. As you've noticed, I bounce all over when I do my talking. Why don't I do a script? Because I can't write. So over the last year, I've been practicing, practicing my writing. So here's what I've written. So imagine the casino practice in the Visuddhimagga. This is designed for monastics, uh, aesthetics. So you're set aside and you're working on all this jazz. So casino is meant for once you've kind of uh, taken care of a lot of these uh, form realms, uh, the first four jhanas, right? We've talked about first jhana um, subduing the body, second jhana subduing the mind, right? These volitions inside. Uh, the third jhana is experiencing equanimity and being able to return to it, right? Which is arguably uh, the uh, subduing of the self. And the fourth jhana, fourth of the form jhanas, uh, again, because the third jhana, you achieve equanimity, you are free from, when you're in this jhana, you are free from uh, the self, but you're not free from somatic experience, in a sense. You're still, you know, dealing with form. Fourth jhana is your sati uh, upeka. That's your resident, again, again, um, Sati being mindful, uh, but Pari, uh, I won't even try to remember the fourth jhana's name. I don't waste my time memorizing all these because I'm trying to get through hundreds of books a year. So just as I've gone through the Visuddhimagga and the Vimudimagga, read those documents as well, compared all the different uh, interpretations online, it's beautiful what you can do uh, nowadays. So imagine a monk who's achieved this uh, cessation of the form realms, uh, form jhanas, right? So he is uh, resident in equipose is, is something that I, I was thinking. So you're resident in equanimity, meaning the self is subdued, as is the body in samsara. You don't have these issues. You're going to go into, uh, they say, the formless jhanas. You can kind of relate it to the latent impressions or the... Uh, Alaya Vijnana, uh, which considers all of these um, karmic seeds that we've produced in our past, uh, they get stored up inside. And that's where we attach to the self and all these volitions and that, where they come from. So draining that, boy, I'm supposed to be talking about uh, Casina. 
So once you've achieved all that, Jazz, what's left for you as a monk? So once you subdue the somatic experience, the body, then the thoughts and the volitions, you've seen equanimity and you can reside in it with mindful equipose. What is left for a monk with only a change or two of robes, a bowl and a cushion? Well, why not make a bowl from clay and take some fire back with you to your hut or your little cubbyhole? Right? The practice seems advanced, of course, because you're going to subdue a lot of this uh, stuff that we are still tied up in. But the practice is still the same emptiness of all dharma, dependent origination. Right? Kasina practice is teaching you to see how identical, arguably, it's our perception that's different, but how identical uh, the viewed experience is to the imagined experience. So what is casino practice? You stare at some burning fire. I mean, I do uh, candles or lights. You stare at the candle till you're able to close your eyes and see that same image, hopefully as clear as, as you would, let's say as clear as day, but in this case, as clear as you would with your eyes open. So the idea is to be able to hold on to that image in your mind, and this is teaching you that, like I said, emptiness of all things, because you do not perceive reality as, because if, um, I've talked about this before, if visualization can work, right, then this is the exact same thing. If you can see that common story of a rope on the path gives you the same fright as a snake, this is the same idea. So the practice is to stare at that clay bowl of fire till you're able to um, still see it in your mind with your eyes closed. And the practice is to just extend that. Because eventually, this is when we get into these cities, these cities, these supernormal powers, right? And this idea of being able to control um, matter. It's not that you're controlling matter. You're controlling your mind which produces this perception that you're unable to control matter, right? You arguably cannot control matter, but this is why Cassina is teaching you um, that what you perceive as matter is no different than the illusions in your mind. So, and I go on. Um, what did I say? Uh, I was actually talking about something else, so we'll leave that. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about casino practice because it's, it's commonly misunderstood today as some sort of weird esoteric um, practice. It's not. It's just uh, something, and I've come across this so often here. They'll pull up a term that is, uh, you know, not oftenly used anymore or something they even pull back from, uh, you know, lost from the past. And this will be their little, hey, this is my kitsch. You know, only I am doing this sort of particular um practice, right? So you got to get it from me. And I mean, these same gurus that are guilty of this will tell people that, well, you know, you know, you have to be careful that people don't attach their um, um, accomplishments to, say, a guru or a particular practice. But I digress. I just thought I would share, uh, you know, an insight into uh, casino practice. And um, I don't know. What I've talked a lot about, that uh, we spend a lot of time uh, arguing about 
you know, what is or isn't. I mean, it's this idea of the negation in Buddhism. I, I find I find it weird that someone will say the negation in Buddhism, but you can easily find uh, the opposite. I mean, it's very common that they'll explain it in both aspects of a positive and a negative. Uh, but if you fixate on the negative, you will see it everywhere, sure, right? You will see the, the nihilism and impermanence. Uh, but if you look at it with a positivity, you see the positivity, right? So here's the same idea. Casino practice is just yet another way for us to see and de- the dependent origination of all things, yet ego, once again, has jaded such a simple practice. So on that, have a fabulous day.